Good morning. Today's daf in Sukkot Mem Ches. We're Mem Zanamid Beis. We are finishing up from yesterday's uh, discussion regarding Shachianu Shmini Atzeres. So Shmini Atzeres is the is an addendum to uh, to Sukkot. So one could have easily made an argument uh, that uh, you make a Shachianu, but at the beginning of a Yantif on Pesach, in the beginning of Pesach, on uh, Shavuos, which is a one day one day event, but uh, whatever uh, the uh, but uh, on, on the beginnings uh, Hanukkah and day number one. Uh, so Shmini Atzeres, being that's the eighth day of Sukkot, so there's no need to make a Shachianu. It's an attachment to uh, to Sukkot. You could have said that, but meanwhile, the Gemara yesterday, for most of yesterday's daf, Sukkot Mem Zayin is dedicated to a lengthy discussion in terms of whether or not uh, Shmini Atzeres deserves its own Shachianu. Uh, so that is a long discussion, which obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna review yesterday's daf right now. But just as a quick summary statement of yesterday, so the uh, so the Gemara deliberated. Uh, the Gemara really it was a one-sided deliberation. The Gemara really sided uh, on, on on the position that you should be making Shechianu, but uh, up until this point in time, it's inconclusive. So, after a long discussion, the Gemara, this is standard practice of the Gemara, my Allah. That's where we're picking it up within the Gemara, and Memzayinam Adbeis, four lines from the bottom. And my Allah is basically the Gemara's, the Gemara's way of saying, okay, no, let's, let's, let's go. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get to the, let's get to the halacha, let's get to the bottom line. The discussion's fantastic, but uh, at the same time, however, this is a uh, this is a point where we need to arrive at a conclusion. So the Gemara starts off my Allah, So what exactly is a conclusion? So Rav Nachman Amar Omrim Zman Bishmei Shochag. Rav Sheshes Amar Ein Omrim Zman Bishmei Shochag. Okay, so uh, the conclusion is it's a machlokus. Okay, but that's not a that's not a conclusion. Meaning we knew that already from yesterday, but uh, the Amarim debate this very issue. Ve'hilchasa Omrim Zman Bishmei Shochag. Okay, but the Gemara says that as far as the halach is concerned, so the halach is, is that we do say Shechianu on, on Shemini Atzeres. And, of course, uh, every, everyone going into the Gemara knew that this is where we're going to end, because, Baruch Hashem, we've gone through a couple of Shemini Atzeres in our lifetime, and we know that we make a, uh, we make a Shechianu. But now, after having gone through the Duff, we now know that the Gemara did not uh, get to this conclusion that easily, and, uh, and, and, and a full page of precious real estate in the Gemara dedicated to this topic in terms of whether or not you should be making a Shechianu. So good. So the Gemara says that the halach is, is that you say Shechianu. Tanya Kavasi to Rav Nachman. We have a b'risa in full support of the Shita of Rav Nachman. Uh, we are on the very top of, of Mem Chesem and Aleph. So Shemini Regal B'Fneatzmo. So the b'risa says that Shemini Atzeris is considered an independent Yantav. Le'inyan Pazak HaShav as it relates to six items. So that means to say that to say it's an independent yantiv is inaccurate. It's not an independent yantiv. In fact, it's kind of built into the name, right? It's called Shmini Atzeret. It's the eighth day. Uh, but nevertheless, though, it has aspects about it that make it independent, uh, that, give it a, that give it somewhat of an independent nature. And there are six of them to be, uh, to be clear. And the Gemara gives us a, uh, a, a mnemonic to help us remember, Pazar Kashav. And that is Pais Bifne Atzmo, Zman Bifne Atzmo, Regal Bifne Atzmo, Karman Bifne Atzmo, Shir Bifne Atzmo, and Bracha Bifne Atzmo. So in these six aspects, so Shemina Teres is to be treated like an independent entity. Okay, so let's spend a couple minutes together now going through what, are, what in, in, in these six aspects and what are we talking about. So let's start off with Pais. And here, I will be using Rashi to help me out over here as we go through the six, uh, the, the six points. Number one. Uh, Rashi writes that when it comes to the parm that are brought on Sukkot, now in, a, in, a, in about a week from now, we're going to do this in tremendous detail, right? The, um, uh, but the basic, the basic idea is as follows, that over the seven days of Sukkot, 
So there are going to be a total of 70 parim that are brought. And in terms of the rotation of Kohanim that come to the base of Mikdash, so we're, we don't have to go through the whole Mishmaris rotation right now, but suffice to say that for Yantiv, everybody comes back. It's right, it's uh, all, all Kohanim uh, on, on deck when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Yantiv. And so basically you're going to have a rotation of the 70 parim for the Kohanim. Exactly how that works, as Rashi here points out. I'm not going to, in a, in a week, we're going to go through, go through this in much greater detail. But basically, everyone's going to get two turns, and some people are going to get even three turns. In fact, most people are going to get three turns. Okay. Uh, again, when we go through it inside, you'll understand a lot better. It actually, right, just in, ter- in terms of math, mathematically, think about it, right? There's 70 parim, there are 24 mishmaros. Uh, so everyone, oh, oh, in other words, you can almost have three rounds for, uh, for everyone. Almost, not exactly. Again. In terms of exactitude, that's coming up in just a little bit. Okay. So anyway, so what happens is, uh, if I could just skip a little bit in this Rashi. Now, as far as the seven days of circus is concerned, there's no lottery. In other words, it's just a simple rotation. Uh, but then when it comes to Shemini Atzeres, where there's only one par, and there's all these Kohanim, so what are we going to do? Lottery. Okay, so even though we've had a rotation for the last seven days, and you could have said that for the eighth day, just continue, Viter in the same rotation. We don't say that. New lottery that comes up on Shemini Atzeres. That's pious. Uh, number, number two is Man. Well, there's no Rashi over here because there doesn't need to be a Rashi over here. Uh, I take it back. There is a Rashi over here. Okay, sorry. Uh, but the, uh, but uh, in other words, that's what we've been discussing all of yesterday's daf. And that's the Shechianu. Okay, good. Um, the Reish. Reish is Regal. So uh, Regal says Rashi. What is that a reference to? Ein Yoshim Besuki in the Sukkah. Uh, Toshus over here says that the regal has nothing to do with the sukkah, meaning Rashi's right, but that's not what the Rashi ma- makes reference to. Uh, the Rashi makes re- reference to the fact that uh, on uh, Shemini Atzeres we're going to be saying a different nusach in the Shemona Esrei, in the Yalaviyavo, in the, um, in the, um, uh, sorry, in the, uh, in, in the Shemona, in the, uh, Shmona, I'm sorry, yeah, in the, in the Yalavi, in the, in the Shemona Esrei, in the benching, okay. Uh, Kuf, we're up to the uh, carbon. Yeah, well, I mean, because Rashi, no, because Rashi's right. Meaning, okay, in Gullus, in Gullus, we sit in the sukkah. But the, over here, the, the, uh, the Pazakashav is just talking about fundamental differences. So in, in Gullus, we have a, we have a Sveka Diuma. But that doesn't change the fundamental difference. Okay, carbon lots Moshe, ain't no Kiseder Parechag. Uh, Rashi says as far as carbon is concerned, so it doesn't follow the pattern. Uh, the pattern would be, as we already went over, on day number one, you offer 13 parim. Day number two, 12. Vechule, vechule. When you get to day number seven, so it's seven parim. So if we were to follow the pattern, so that means on Shemineh says we'd be offering six parim. But it's not six. It's one. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the carbon. Uh, two more to go through. So we're up to, uh, uh, we're up to shear. So as far as shear is concerned, so uh, they would say a different shear on Shemini Atzeres. Uh, Rashi in yesterday's daf admitted that he's not, uh, he's not aware of what the shear would be on Shemini Atzeres. He says, for the seven days of Sukkot, so this is Rashi from yesterday's daf. Uh, for the seven days of Sukkot, so thematically all the shirim have to do with matnas aniyam. In other words, it's a time now where everyone is reaping in tremendous profit, and you have all the produce coming in, and make sure, make sure to give to the aniyam. So on the seven days of Sukkot, so the shir would be reminders, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the eighth day, so it was a different shir. 
But Rashi says he does not have a Kabbalah in terms of what the shear is. And finally, we're up to the sixth one, and that's bracha. So what is bracha? So Rashi writes over here, bracha la'atzmo, es yom ha-shmini. So uh, the bracha over here says that it's es yom ha-shmini. So, uh, right, this is, right. Uh, this is a point within Rashi where uh, Rashi understands that the uh, it's the sixth point over here that talks about the different nusach that you put into the Shmona Esrei and into the benching of Yalav Yavah. Um, Rashi does offer a different pshat, an alternative pshat of Tosef Tamashma Shemavachan Esamelech. It's the, uh, the bracha over here is a bracha that we extend to the king. Uh, this is historically grounded. Uh, the first base of Mikdash was built by Shlomo HaMelech and it was some, it, it was some, it was some event. It was two weeks of inauguration, right? Uh, with every subsequent base of Mikdash. First, the first Mishkan that was built, that was one week of inauguration. Shivasimayama Luim. First base of Mikdash is built. Let's, let's call, let's call it number two. I am, I am skipping over Shiloh, Mishkan Shiloh. Okay. Uh, but for the first base of Mikdash was built, that was built by Shlomo, that's two weeks of inauguration. Um, for the second base of Mikdash, I don't, I, I don't remember. Anyway, but the, um, but the, um, but those two weeks of inauguration that was done by Shlomo Melech, so the second week actually coincided with Sukkot. Which, parenthetically, by the way, if you think about it, what does that mean regarding the first week of inauguration? It actually went over Yom Kippur. Uh, what did they do with that 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 uh, that, uh, that that first week when 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 one of the days of inauguration was Yom Kippur? Okay, uh, the, so, some something to think about. I, I, th- I think I know the answer, but anyway, so the uh, so the second week uh, coincided with Sukkot of uh, the inauguration of the first base of Mikdash, and that meant that that on the eighth day Shemini Aseris, so it was both the eighth day in terms of Shemini Aseris, and it was also the day that everybody went home. And before doing so, so Rashi over here quotes the Pasuk from Malachim Aleph in the 8th parak. So, So on the 8th day, everybody went home, but they gave a bracha to the king. So over here, from this point going forward, so there's this idea that there is a connection between bracha, birchas ha-melech, and Shemini uh, Yatzaris. Okay. Even though, obviously, it's a historical event that Rashi here is making reference to, but presumably it was a minute that perpetuated and continued for all subsequent Shminat Saras. That's what you have to say in terms of the second shot within Rashi. We continue. We're in Mem Chesamad Alpha and we are starting with the Mishnah. Uh, the Mishnah continues now. This really is going off of the first Mishnah of this parak. Uh, the first Mishnah of the parak talked about all the various uh, mitzvahs that apply on Sukkot and how many days they extend for. So Sukkah is six or seven days, right? Depending on the configuration of the year, and et cetera, and Arava six or seven days, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so now, uh, we're up to Halal, and we're up to Simcha. So the Mishnah over here repeats what we saw in the first Mishnah, but now is going to also provide for us more detail. So when it comes to the Mitzvah of Halal and the Mitzvah of Simcha, so that is eight days, meaning a constant eight days. We're always going to have Halal, we're always going to have Simcha. Now, halal, we all, we're all familiar. Halal is the recitation of halal. That's easy. What's simcha? So simcha is the offering of the carbon shlamim. So uh, specifically, shami simcha. When we get together and learn carbon chagiga, which is not that long from now. So we're going to be learning about the, va- the various carbonates that are offered on every yantav. And there are three in total. There's the olas riya, the shami chagiga, and the shami simcha. So right now we're focusing on the shami simcha. Shami Simcha is just a simple idea that you're in the base of Mikdash, you're going to be rejoicing. Ain Simcha ala babasar. So how do you how do you rejoice? You rejoice by eating meat, but not just any meat, but the meat specifically of a carbon. 
It's called the Shami Simcha. And so what we're learning together is that the Shami Simcha is to be enjoyed not for seven days of Sukkot, but rather for eight days. So, okay. Which the obvious conclusion, the Mishnah spells it out, is that we are going to be having Simcha, not for seven days, but we're going to have, be having it for eight days as well. Now, so immediately we just go right into the Gemara. So how exactly is this, uh, what, I'm sorry, what is the source of this halacha? So the Pasuk says that you are going to be Mesamech for seven days. And then the Pasuk goes on to conclude, So this idea, uh, right, it's in, it's in Parshas Re'ei, uh, I'll, I'll read the Pasuk in total, so you get, you get to really appreciate uh, the context. So, Shiva's Yamim. This is uh, the, um, it's Perak Zayin in, 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 uh, in Sefer Dvarim. Shiva's Yamim, Tachog L'Hashem Lokecha, Ba'amakam Asher Yivcha Hashem, Ki Yivrechecha Hashem Lokecha, B'chol Tvoascha, U'v'chol Ma'ase Yadecha. Okay, so the Pasuk says that, how many days are you going to rejoice? So, Shiva's Yamim, for seven days. Okay, where, where's day number eight? And then, Vehayisa Ach Sameach. So, day number eight is encrypted. It's encrypted in those last three words. And let's see now how the Gemara goes from the Hayisa Ach Sameach to include the eighth day. So, the Gemara. So, let's start again. Menahanimilatan Rabban, Vehayisa Ach Sameach, Rabbos Lala Yom Tov Achron. So, it comes to include Yom Tov Achron, the last day. So, meaning the eighth day. Awena Ela Yom Tov Rishon. Now, it's coming to include. Not just the last day, but to be more accurate, more specific, the evening of the eighth day. Now the Gemara says, now why don't we, why don't we say the evening of the first day? So, Kishuamar, Ach Chalak. So the Ach over there is coming to tell us, Vaisa Ach Sameach, meaning that we are going to be adding, but we're, we, we're also going to be making a division. So it's, it's, it's an addition, but only a partial addition. So we're adding a night. It's going to be, either the night of the 8th or the first night. But of the two, we're electing the night of the 8th. Mariisa. The Gemara says, okay, uh, why, why is such an executive decision? So, So, I'm going to be uh, including the night of the 8th because there's Simcha prior to that, prior to that night. Uh, but the first night, however, where there's no simcha prior to the first night, so therefore it is more mistaber to include uh, the eve of the eighth day, not the eve of the first day. Now let me explain all this a lot better, because, just one second, uh, let me explain all this a, a, a lot better, and everything I'm saying is in Rashi, I'm just right now going to summarize and paraphrase uh, Rashi's points over here. Okay, uh, in order to enjoy uh, Shami Simcha, so it's a shlamim. So let's go over some of the most basic rules regarding a shlamim. Number one, uh, you can off, only offer mm-hmm. shlamim during the day. You can't offer it at night, and that's true by any carbon. All, all carbonates can only be offered during the day and not at night. So this idea that we're enjoying shlamim at night, you're not offering the shlamim at night. You can only be offering it during the day. So when you get, let's let's start with the first day of sukkah. So the first day of sukkah, so you're going to be offering carbon shlamim. Now, uh, when specifically on the first day of sukkah, which already means that we already went past the first night. Okay. Now, we know that when it comes to a shlamim, a shlamim is enjoyed for two days and the night in between. So let's say, for example, today is, well, today's what, Tuesday? Thursday. Yeah. Okay, so let's say today's Tuesday. So we offered a shlamim today. So then that means that we would get to enjoy eating the meat of the shlamim today, the entirety of tonight, and the entirety of tomorrow up until, up until sunset. Good. 
So that's the story with a Karmen Shlomit. So now, uh, the, um, so to say that there's Simcha on all eight days, so let's just leave out the eighth day for just a moment. So in order to enjoy Shlomim on any one of the days of Sukkot, so it can only be offered during the day. If we were to have a Shami Simcha on the, on the first night, well, what would that mean? By definition, it would mean that we'd have to be offering it on Erev Yantav. Now, is that, is that, is that, is that crazy? To, it's not crazy to suggest that. However, it's not Yantav. Meaning, and we're going to be learning together in Chagiga, that part of the nature of Simcha is not only to eat the meat on Yantav, but also to shecht the meat on Yantav as well. To do the Avod on Yantav. So it is a little bit off the beaten path to suggest that the Shami Simcha that we're, that, that we're going to be enjoying on the first night, you're going to be, by definition, you're going to have to be shechting it the day prior. Uh, that's, that, 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 that's a little bit difficult. It's a little bit challenging. Ah, but we have a drasha, meaning that, right? Now, now we get back to our Gemara. So our drasha tells us that the Torah says to be Misamech for seven days. So if the Torah would have stopped there, we would have said, okay, I, I, I get it. We should be offering Shami Simcha. Days one, two, three, right? All seven days or a selection of seven days. When we get to Chagiga, we'll discuss that in a little more, in a little more detail. But I get it though. In other words, offer Kabbalah for those seven days. Now when the Torah says, Vaisa ach sameach, so now the Torah is telling me that what we have to do is we have to add. Now what are we going to add? That's exactly what the Gemara is trying to, uh, trying to weigh and trying to, and, and trying to decide. Well, it can't be I'm adding the first night and the eighth night because the Torah says ach which means that we're going to have to choose one of those two. So which one are we going to choose? That's what the Gemara says. It's more Mestabra to choose the eighth night as opposed to the first night. Why? Because the eighth night, it's coming off of a day where you already are shechting Kabbalah Shlamim and you already are enjoying your Kabbalah Shlamim. Now, it's true already, even without the drasha, we would have been allowed to eat the Kabbalah Shlamim the night of the eighth and even the day of the eighth. But what, without the pasuk, what we would have, what we, what we would not have known is that it's a mitzvah, it's a chova. Now that we have the drasha, so what we're saying is, is that yes, you're going to be shechting kavim shlamim on day number seven, and there's a chova, there's a mitzvah to eat that shlamim on the night of the eighth. Now, what about the day of the eighth? So Rashi says kavachomer, right? Rashi writes it's not it's, it's, for the gemara. The gemara doesn't mention this at all, but Rashi says it, it becomes now a logical extension. Meaning, once there's a mitzvah of simcha on the night of the eighth, so it goes without saying, kavachomer, that there's also going to be a mitzvah of simcha also on day number eight as well. Now, over there, presumably, what that also could mean is that on day number eight, you actually have an opportunity to bring even more shami simcha. Meaning, because it's now daytime, it's not just nighttime. But nevertheless, that's the uh, Rashi says it's al kavachomer. Of course, where there's also going to be a mitzvah of simcha on day number eight as well. Okay, all that is a is is uh, hopefully even a, a better clarification of the Gemara. Uh, let's continue. Uh, we are with the Mishnah on Memches Amud Aleph. There are three Mishnahs on this stuff. So we're up to the second Mishnah. Sukkah Shiva Ketzad. So the idea that we're sitting in the Sukkah for seven days, so what does that mean? So it, again, it's pretty self-evident. What do you mean, what does that mean? <laughs> you sit in the Sukkah for seven days. You eat, you drink, you sleep in the Sukkah for seven days. The Gemara, the, obviously, the Mishnah is setting us up for an additional point. So, Gamra Malachal, so now, uh, day number seven is coming to an end. And again, w- without getting into the, into the Gullus and the, and the Shmini Safik Shvi, let's just keep it nice and simple. We're in Eretz Yisrael. 
And now we're we're finishing with the sukkah. So Gamar Malachal Lo Yatir Sukkah So. So what you should not do is you should not take down your sukkah. Okay. Um you should keep it up. On the other hand, uh, but what you should be doing is, however, is bring your kalim inside the house, uh, meaning that Shemini uh, is moving indoors. So uh, since we're going to be moving indoors, so to take down your sukkah so that you're not allowed to do. Now, um, you are not allowed to take down your sukkah. So Rashi says, um, it's it's a pragmatic issue. Uh, meaning, right, I, I could have envisioned uh, that the issue is it's a bizayan mitzvah, but Rashi says it's just a, it's a question of pragmatics, meaning that for any part of the seventh day, even the waning hours of the seventh day, if you want to eat, you're going to have to go into your sukkah. So to take down your sukkah, just pragmatically speaking, it's gonna it's it's gonna inhibit your ability to eat at any part at any point during the day. So at the same time, however, you got to get ready for shmini etzeres. Says the Mishnah, good. So bring your kalim inside the house as, as, as we get to the waning hours of the seventh day of Sukkot. It's not a yanta, by the way. It's, it is a cholamoid, right? A special cholamoid day. It's Hoshana Rabbah, but still it's cholamoid. Okay. Now, ain lo kalim lahorid maho. Now, let's say that you don't have any kalim. To, to which the Gemara reacts to the, to that suggestion. Ain lo kalim ela ki ishtamish ma ishtamish. What have you been using for the last seven days? So that wasn't the Gemara's question, and the Gemara clarifies its question. Okay, it's very often the case in, in the Gemara where the you know the question obviously needed editing, and uh, the Gemara keeps that keeps that in the discussion, meaning that it's it's clear. But I'm just I'm, I'm stating the obvious is that the Gemara is a record of the discussion that occurs in the base medrash, and even though the original question was was ambiguous and vague and clearly misunderstood, uh, the Gemara the Gemara records that as well. Okay, and uh, just that's the it's a standard practice in the Gemara, and for 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 the, for, for for learning the Gemara more in depth and more eon. So obviously, there's a reason why the Gemara kept that in, meaning it's it's not it's not just oh right uh, that, that's funny he misunderstood the question. No, there there must be meaning behind that, and you know obviously not for Dafyomi, but for a you know for a more in depth discussion and, and study of the Gemara. Obviously, you would you would try to figure out what the Gemara was trying to intimate with that question. With the, with the counter, with the, with the response. Anyway, but we continue. So let's say the following. Let's say we have nowhere to take the kalim. I.e., we have nowhere else to eat. Meaning right now, the sukkah is where we're planning in Shemini Etzeres. Not because we want to add to the mitzvah. In other words, in fact, not only do we not want to, it's us, sir. Right? It's called Baltosif. It just happens to be that right now. We have nowhere else to eat. So under those circumstances, how would I signify... That sukkus is over. It's a simple question. So Rabbi Chia bar uh, bar Rav Amar poches bar Arba. So what you do is you apostle the sukkah. Um, you'll take down four tefachim of schach. Uh, Toshus is bothered by the fact that you don't have to take down four tefachim of schach, and you only need to take three. Okay, uh, right. I saw a number of defenses in terms of how to answer for Toshus's question. Anyway, the, whatever the uh, you apostle the you apostle the sukkah. Again, it's not yantif. It's Hoshan, it, it, it's Cholomod. Okay, I, I, right. So, um, right, for the purposes of, of, of indicating that Sukkot is over, so I, I, I guess, I guess the purpose is, is, is well enough, it's good enough, so that it, it overrides Cholomod. Uh, 
So, uh, Rav Yeshua ben Levi Amar, Malik Basanir. Now, Rav Yeshua ben Levi says, how do I signify the sukkah is over? So, light, light, light a lantern in the sukkah, right? Light a fire in the sukkah. Don't, don't light the sukkah on fire, but in other words, uh, a lantern. Now, hopefully you remember, you recall, uh, that if you have a really small sukkah, so, uh, the Gemara said earlier, don't bring a lantern to that sukkah. It's a fire hazard. Uh, the Gemara didn't make that point super clear. Uh, truth of the matter is Rashi over there didn't make that point super clear as well. Anyway, but that's a simple shot of the Gemara. It's a fire hazard. So by lighting a lantern in the sukkah, it shows that it's no longer a sukkah. Now, if it's really a fire hazard, by the way, I don't know why the Gemara would endorse this practice. It would seem to be unsafe, but it does signify that we no longer want the sukkah. And the Gemara points out uh, that uh, the um, uh, it depends. In other words, these two... Uh, methods that we just went over in the Gemara, it's not a stira, it just depends where you live. Whether you live in Bava, whether you live in Eretz Yisrael. Because if you're living in Eretz Yisrael, so do I need the sukkah on, on day number eight? Not at all. And if I have nowhere else to sit and I want to show and I want to demonstrate that they, that we're done with sukkahs, so then what you're going to do is you're going to take out four tzvachim oschach and, and, and pasal it. And I, you're staying in a pasal and sukkah on, on day eight? Perfect. That's exactly what you want. So, uh, but if you're living in Bavel, so you see in Bavel, so what did we, what did we learn just a daf ago? You do send the sukkah on day eight, right? When you have sveka do yomah, so you send the sukkah on day eight. We don't want to pass the sukkah. So there, what we're going to do, uh, light, light, a, light a lantern in, which shows us now that this is no longer a valid sukkah. So hatenich sukkah, katana sukkah, gadol ma'ikah, lamem, the Gemara says, okay, that's great. If you have a sukkah katana, so that in fact shows, it demonstrates that this is no longer a sukkah. But the mile, but, but if I have a sukkah gadola, which, right, that's most, most, what most everybody has. So then how, what is a demonstration of showing that it's no longer sukkahs? So, uh, so the Gemara says is that what you're going to do is that you're going to bring in, uh, your dishes, but dishes, not, not, not the dishes you use for eating, but the, right, the dishes that you normally store. So you bring out the sukkah. So we saw this earlier in the Masechta. If you have the money mechle, uh, food utensils. Now, it either could be talking about the large uh, l- large prep, uh, food utensils used for preparation, or more probably what it also is making reference to is food utensils after you ate. In other words, normally speaking, you don't keep that out there in the dining room, right? You collect them and you bring them into the kitchen. So, uh, so by taking those out, so that is a clear demonstration that this is no longer, uh, sukkahs is over. Uh, however, the, uh, the, uh, the Kli Mishtaya, the, the, the Kalim used for, uh, for drinking, uh, even if they use them, th- that's normal to keep them out in the dining room, right? People collect the plates, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to cups, uh, right, people like to drink well, well after the meal is over. Keeping cups out is not strange. That doesn't signify the circus is over. Okay. Uh, next Mishnah. Uh, next Mishnah and final Mishnah that we're going to be doing today. Is going to be the um, is Nisuch Hamayim. Okay, so uh, we are going to now embark on a mitzvah that unfortunately we have not seen now for some time. Uh, Beis Hamikdash was destroyed circa uh, uh, circa two thousand years ago, and so that means to say that we have been bereft of a Beis Hamikdash and this mitzvah now for two millennia. Uh, the mitzvah of Nisuch Hamayim. This mitzvah, mitzvah of Nisuch Hamayim is a really interesting mitzvah. In that there is no reference to the mitzvah in the Torah. Now there are hints and allegations uh, to the mitzvah of Nisach Hamayim, and we're going to get get to it a little bit later on in in, in our parak. 
But meanwhile, the mitzvah itself, it's not, not recorded in the Torah. And the mitzvah is really simple. Uh, when it comes to year-round in the base of Mikdash, so uh, there's what's called Nisuch Hayayin, so wine libation. And that means to say that with every carbon that's brought, so there's also accessor- accessorizing the carbon. There's going to be wine, oil, and flour, and the wine is going to be poured. Where's the wine going to be poured? So on the top of the Mizbech in the southwest corner, so there's a bowl in which you are dedicated to the pouring of the wine. It's, it's, it's really that simple. Uh, the, uh, how much wine is going to be used for Nesachim. So it depends on the size of the carbon. So sometimes it's going to be three lugan, sometimes four lugan, and sometimes six lugan. It depends on the size of the carbon. Good. That's, that, that's Nisucha Yayin. But when it comes to Sukkot, there's a really special mitzvah, which is Nisuch Hamayim. Now, why is there, why is there water libation? So generally speaking, I cannot answer why questions, right? Why questions? are generally speaking too difficult to answer. But over here, the answer is pretty straightforward. Because Sukkos nidon al-hamayim. Because that we know that Sukkos is going to begin uh, the rainy season in Eretz Yisrael. And the Mishnah, the first Mishnah Rosh Hashanah tells us that on Sukkos, we are judged, uh, we're judged on the amount of water that comes down. Right? The uh, four, four, four Rosh Hashanahs over the course of the year. Uh, but on top of that, the next Mishnah Rosh Hashanah goes on to record uh, there are four separate judgments that occur over the course of the year, right? The judgment over Mayim, over Tfua, over Peros, and then, of course, Rosh Hashanah, which is coming up all too soon. So Rosh Hashanah, so that the people are being judged. So anyway, so the uh, so, so Sukkot is a time where we're being judged on the water, right? Literally, the water is being judged, but obviously, water is not being judged. It's how much water we are going to be receiving. So that is what the judgment is. So... Um, so as part of the of the tefillah, the ritzui, right, the way of, that we supplicate a Kadosh Baruch Hu is that, and it's, and it's a mitzvah to do so, is to take water, bring it up to the Mizbech and pour it onto the Mizbech. Where am I pouring it? So, uh, lo and behold, there's not just one bowl on the top of the Mizbech. There are two bowls on the top of the Mizbech. One is dedicated for wine, the other one's dedicated for water. In, short, in a short amount of time, we're going to go over that in more detail. So... The Mishnah over here now is going to be teaching us this mitzvah of Nisa Chamayim. So Nisa Chamayim, so Ketza. So first of all, uh, how many days are we going to be doing Nisa Chamayim? Uh, each, each and every one of the seven days of Sukkot. Uh, if you have some sort of memory that it's actually eight days, so that happens to be a Shita. A Shita Rav Yehuda, that uh, Nisa Chamayim is for eight days, but that's Rav Yehuda Shita. Our Mishnah over here is going to be of the position that Nisa Chamayim is for seven days. So So you would have a golden bowl. It would be holding three lugan of water. You would go to the Meshiloach and you would fill it up over there the, uh, from, from that wellspring. So you get to the Sharamayim. So there's a Mishnah. Uh, the Mishnah is recorded in, in, in Midos. I think it's also in Tamid as well. All right. That, that's, uh, my, my memory is not, not perfect on this point, but the, um, but, but we saw, we went around the Azara, we went over all the various gates, and now we're looking at the Sharmayim, and it's called the Sharmayim exactly for this occasion. Because on Sukkot, the water is going to be going through this Shar, not the water itself, but in other words, the water once collected. So you're the, the, the Kohen who is going into the, into the Azara is going through this gate, so therefore it was given the name Shar Hamayim. Tiku ve'eriu Now this is a time of tremendous joy, and therefore you blow the shofar. Allah Bekevish, now, 
In terms of the actual avoda, so the coin now is going to be going up the ramp. Remember, the ramp is on the south side of the Mizbeach. Upanlasmolo. And he's going to be doing something which is really unique. He's going to be making a left-hand turn. It's not normal. In other words, no, normal practice when going up the ramp is you're going to be making a right-hand turn. So over here, the unconventional left-hand turn. More about that left-hand turn a little bit later on this morning. There were two bowls of silver. Rabbi Huda Amr Shol Sid Hayu. No, the, the bowls were not made of silver, but rather they were made out of some sort of limestone plaster. Uh, but what happened was is that because wine got poured into it, so it, 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 it blackened its complexion and it got like a, like a, a silvery look to it. A little bit hard for me to envision, but uh, the Gemara later on is going to ask the question. That, that's true for one of the bowls. It shouldn't be true for both of the bowls. Stay tuned, the Gemara will ask that question. And, and these bowls would have holes in it. Okay, now the way Rashi seems to describe it, okay, there's a lot of discussion in Rashi's description over here. I'm not going to read the Rashi. It, it, it'd be worthwhile, more than worthwhile. It's important to read the Rashi, uh, but I'm not going to go through it. But from Rashi, the, the way it seems to be is that basically what you had is that you had two bowls in the south, <coughs> excuse me, in the southwest corner of the top of the Mizbeach. These two bowls had kind of like funnels that allowed the water and the wine, one, one, one bowl dedicated to wine and the other one dedicated to water. So it had um, uh, two funnels where the, uh, the contents then funneled into a hole. This hole is what's called the Shisin, and the hole went through the Mizbeach, and seemingly, and we're going to get more details about this later, it went subterranean. And then from there, it, um, it, uh, it drained out uh, outside of the, uh, outside of the Azara. Okay. So anyway, so the, uh, so of these two bowls in which you're going to be pouring, so, uh, one was, they're both in the southwest, uh, one was, fa- one was more western and one was a little bit more eastern. Uh, the one that was more west, meaning all the way in the corner, so that was the, uh, the bowl for water. Uh, the one that was slightly more eastbound, so that one was for wine. So, uh, the Gemara over here gives us a, a, an imagery. It's like Shnei Chotnim. It's like two nostrils. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. And, and, and Rashi does spend time with the imagery over here. But anyway. Kemen Shnei Chotnim Dakim. Echad Me'uveh Ve'echad Dak. Now, as far as the funneling is concerned, so one was thick and one was thin. Kidei She'eshneim Kalam Bevasachas. Now, what they were shooting for is that it's the same amount of volume that went in the bowl of water and that went in the bowl of wine. Remember, it was the Nisuch HaMayim of three Lugan and also uh, the wine also because, again, the carbon was brought. So there was also Nisuch Hayan as well. And what they wanted to do is that they wanted both bowls to funnel out and finish at the same time. Wine, obviously, is thicker than water. Uh, so because of the thicker viscosity of the wine... So therefore, the funnel made for the wine was a wider funnel so that the wine and the, and, and the water would funnel out and finish at the same time. Good, we just went over that. Now, if for whatever reason the coin made a mistake, pour the water in the wine bowl 
or pour the wine in the water bowl, b'diavid your yotze. Rabbi Yehuda has two points of contention. Number one, Rabbi Yehuda says that it was not three lugan, but rather it was one log. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda says it wasn't seven days, but it was rather eight days. Okay, more details of Shittas Rabbi Yehuda coming up later on. Okay, now, for the Kohen who's about to do Nisa Chamayim, so we say to him as follows, raise your hands. We want to make sure that he's pouring the water into the bowl. Now, our vantage point is going to be limited. He's on the top of the Mizbech, and that is, um, it's about, he's, he's about 18 feet in the air. Okay, so it's hard to see him. So we want to make sure is that from our vantage point from the ground, we want to make sure that he's pouring the water into the bowl. So raise your arms up really high. Shepam achas nasach echad agabe raglav, because one time the Kohen that was doing Nisa Chamaim, he happened to have been a Tzaduki. Now, you know the Tzaduki, we've gone over them numerous times, so they deny Toshavah This mitzvah of Nisa Chamaim, it's not in the Torah. So as far as the Tzaduki is concerned, a full rejection of this mitzvah. And so now you happen, you happen to have a Kohen who was a Tzaduki. And we've gone over this point numerous times. The Tzaduki were a sectarian group, but they weren't some sort of fringe element that existed all the way on the out. Uh, they, they, they were deep, deep inside. Okay. Talk about deep state. Okay. So the, the Stuk, the Stukim were, uh, were embedded within the fabric of the Kohanim. And obvi- obviously, it made for a difficult ex- existence where they were, ju- they weren't just simply outsiders who were annoying. They were insiders. And so it could very well be, uh, that Jeff Stuki who was doing the Avoda. In fact, not only could it be, that's exactly what the missionary is describing. So you had the Stuki with the, with, 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 with the water that was drawn from the Meshilach, and he's now on the top of the Mizbech, and now he's gonna stick it, he's gonna stick it to the traditionalists. I'm, I'm gonna pour the water in the bowl? That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? There's no such mitzvah. And so what he did is that he poured it right onto his own feet. So, uh, Now it happened to have been that it was Sukkot, obviously. Everyone was armed with their Esrogim. So what they did, is that they launched? They uh, uh, right? Uh, they 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 pelted him with the esrogim. So uh, okay, good. That's the uh, they uh, well, perhaps one of the more popular, famous stories that occurs over here in the Mishnahis and Sukkah. That's uh, that's it. The Gemara. Uh, hopefully, I remember correctly. The Gemara is going to discuss a little bit more about this uh, about this episode. Hmm. Yeah. I understand, but at the give, I understand, but it's uh, the the, the mission over here is talking episodic. It happened. It happened. The the incident actually happened. Okay. Yeah. They uh, where where were they throwing from and right and and uh, right and I right the, the story to me becomes even better visually more appealing if 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 they use like a Taimani esrog. Right. It, it just uh, it's, 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 it becomes even a more exciting story. Story already is exciting. Now, just like Nisa uh, Chamayim during the, during the week, it's done on Shabbos as well. Meaning, there are no differences. They're going to do Nisa Chamayim on Shabbos, but there is going to be one small difference. Uh, but rather, what they would do is they would fill up the water on Erev Shabbos. And they would use a um, a, a a gold cup that was inomikudeshes that was not a klishares, and then a menicha and uh, it was brought into the lishka. 
Nishbecha Nizgalta. Well, that's already a new point. Uh, Rashi over here deals with the fact that uh, when it gets into when it gets into the lishka, so it's going to then be sitting there overnight, and something that is sitting overnight is going to be subject to lina. So Rashi says, "Wait, the Gemara is going to the Gemara is going to address it." Okay, Nishbecha uh, Nizgalta so if it's spilt or if it becomes um, if it becomes exposed so then um, the um, they, they would they would fill it up they would have to go back and fill up from the cure why because mine which is magulin any uh, either water or wine which is uh, been exposed so it's going to be disqualified for the Mizbech. Rashi over here gives an interesting reason as to why. So Rashi says, look, whenever we have wine or water that's exposed, we're, already, we're always worried that a snake is going to come and insert venom into the into it. Now, if, if, if I would have stopped at that point in Rashi, I would have said, okay, and the problem is, is that it's just simply not appropriate. Meaning to, to offer wine or water that has, that has venom in it, it's not appropriate. Uh, that's what I would have said. Rashi over here, Goes very technical, and Rashi says the problem now becomes is that you no longer have the requisite amount. In other words, the Torah demands that it has to be three lugan of water, it has to be three lugan of wine, and if it is now water and venom, so you don't have the requisite shear. Okay, that's that's what Rashi says. So it's certainly an, an interesting way to approach it and to explain and, and explain the Mishnah. Right. Uh, right, I, I would have said something along. I, I understand. I understand. I'm just, you know, I, I'm I'm reporting and recording what what Rashi, what, the way Rashi explains it. Okay, let's go. Let's go through a little bit of Gemara right now. Minahanimili. So this idea that we're blowing shofar when we're doing nisach Why should that be? So I'm Ravina. I'm a krav. So we have to. We are in a state of joy, and that expression of joy is done aide shofar. Okay, the uh, the shofar being a vehicle of joy. So it's it's confusing, isn't isn't it? Meaning on Rosh Hashanah, it's just the opposite, right? The uh, right, it's hard, hard, hard to say that the shofar that we blow on Rosh Hashanah is a simon of simcha. Okay, it's uh, it's uh, there's a lot of things to say about shofar on Rosh Hashanah, but predominantly, it's it's to wake everybody up. It's uh, it's a yom adin, you know, everybody wake up, everybody do tshuva. That's the Rambam's uh, that's the Rambam's viewpoint. So the uh, but it's it's. It, and this is not the first time that we said this, that the blowing of shofar is a function of simcha and joy. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, there were two heretics. Uh, one's name was Sasan, the other name is Simcha. Now, the conversation they're going to have is total nonsense. Total nonsense. And the, uh, right, the, um, the uh, Rashi doesn't say this, but the Chronim uh, say this. Right, the, the Gemara's point over here is that uh, as part as part of being a heretic is that you engage in these kinds of nonsensical discussions uh, that really have no value to it whatsoever. It just wants to show you how corrupt they were in terms of uh, the psukim in the Torah. They just make they make light and they make fun of psukim in the Torah. They're not having a real conversation. And the Gemara is recording it over here just to show how silly they are. So So Sasson says the simcha I'm better than you. Uh, you see how my name came first? Okay. So, and Simcha says to Sasson, what are you talking about? I'm better than you. Okay. Simcha came before Sasson in that Pasuk. 
So there will be a day that you will be expelled. Again, it's not the simple shot in the Pasuk. They're just, they're playing with the Pesukim. So one day you're going to be expelled and they're going to fill you up with water. Okay. Again, the takeaway points of, the, of, of, of that Gemara is that they, uh, they, 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 are, they are making light of the Pesukim in the Torah and, they don't, and, and they're not treating the Pesukim seriously. Okay. One more exchange that we'll do today. So, um, so a heretic says to Sasson, sorry, the heretic by the name of Sasson says to Rabbi Abahu, You know, in the world to come, they're going to use me in order to, in, in order to fill the water. Meaning, I'm going to become important in, in, in Olam Haba. So I will be the water drawer. So the, to which, well, 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 right? I'm or lay. So Rabbi Abba says, yeah, if the Pasuk would have said Lissason, that would have been fine. I, I might have entertained your, your, your Pshat. But, but So what they're going to do is they're going to, after they're going to kill you and they're going to take the skins of your body and they're going to fill that with water. Now Rabbi Abba was not giving him a serious answer, but again, that's because Rabbi Abba was responding to him in kind. In other words, he, you know, the, uh, the, uh, this min is talking silly to Rabbi Abahu. Okay. So Rabbi, Rabbi Abahu responds in kind. Okay. We'll, we'll stop over here. Um, right. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll start with the right hand turn and the unusual left hand turn of our Mishnah. Uh, let's quickly recap. Let's review. Uh, we finished off the, the Brach of Shachianu conclusion of the Gemara. Very clear. You do make a Shachianu on Shmini Atzeres. Um, Shmini Atzeres, although it is the eighth day of Sukkot, and, and that's, uh, that's obviously undisputable. Nevertheless, there are elements of Shemini Atzeres that give it a somewhat of, a, a, of an independent day status. Six in total. We went through the six in detail. Uh, Mishnah taught us about Halon Simcha, which is going to be done in eight days. And the idea that uh, the uh, Simcha is not only for the seven days of Sukkot, that's the Pasuk in the Torah and Parshas Rei, but even the eighth day as well. So how do we arrive at the conclusion? The Gemara gave us the Drushas. It's a drasha coupled together with a kavachomer. Uh, what way do you indicate and show that your sukkah is, is done? Now, you can't undo the sukkah, but at the same time, you do want to demonstrate sukkah is over. So that was the next Mishnah and the Gemara's discussion. And finally, in today's daf, we went over the very basics of the mitzvah of Nisach HaMayim. Uh, for seven days of sukkahs, uh, we're going to be drawing three, uh, three lugan of water every day from the, May, uh, from the Meshiloach and do the mitzvah of Nisach HaMayim. Spent a little bit this morning explaining why specifically the mitzvah of Nisach HaMayim on Sukkot. And then uh, we went through the details in the Mishnah of exactly the two bowls that exist on the southwest corner on the top of the Mizbech. Those bowls are going to funnel out into a pipe. That pipe then goes through the Mizbech, actually uh, to the bottom of the Mizbech. We'll discuss more about that pipe uh, a little bit later on. And anyway, in the Gemara, uh, we talked about the... Well, in the Mishnah, they mentioned the heretic who just simply dismissed Nisach HaMayim altogether, and in the Gemara, so a couple of exchanges between heretics, one with the other, and this shows the frivolity of, their, uh, of the way they view the Torah, and, and, and their, lack of, uh, their lack of seriousness of any of the Pesukim in the Torah.